the overall development of people, Talibur Rijal, the overall development of people, then this is Amar bin Maruf. Even though he may not be talking about uh, the Islamic theological aspect of it. Obviously, it will all, there is also an aspect of it which is Islamic theological, but if somebody says, <coughs> build your body, right, eat, eat well and eat uh, sensibly, don't eat uh, junk and nonsense and don't, uh, you know, space out on sugar and stuff, uh, all of this is So, this is the overall understanding of uh, what the Muslim has been said to do, to enjoy all that which is good for society, and to prevent all that is bad for society. Not only to enforce the Ahkam of Sharia. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because this is one of the big confusions, and that's the topic today, which is the winning of hearts, the big confusion of Dawat, uh, where we seem to think that the work of Dawa uh, is either to give powerful speeches or to distribute literature, pamphlets and very small literature, um, or to indulge and engage in debates. These seem to be today the three uh, major things that go under the name of Dhamma. Whereas if you look at what the Dhamma of the Ambiya was, which is the best example for us, there is nobody who can give Dhamma or who gave Dhamma or who is authorized to give the other uh, or higher or more understanding than the Ambiya of Allah subhanahu wa So if you take the Ambiya alayhi salam and you see what kind of da'wah they gave, you will find none of these three things did. They didn't go around distributing literature. They did not give long and powerful speeches. They, they spoke and the speech was powerful but they, were, they didn't give long lectures. And they did not engage in debates, especially acrimonious debates, and especially debates which seek to humiliate the other party, which is what a debate does. All, uh, the whole purpose of a debate is that. In a debate, there is a winner and a loser. There is no such thing as a debate in which both people are winning. By definition, every, any debate. The difference between a dialogue and a debate. In a dialogue, all parties win. There is an understanding, there is an overall deeper and better understanding of the issue that was being discussed in a dialogue. In a debate, there is a winner, there is a loser. So, Ambiya did not do this. Nabi Sallallahu himself, today we have got used to this whole concept of long speeches and in our country, especially traditionally, unless a person spoke for three hours, it was not considered to be a speech. You speak for one and a half hours, speak for two hours, and people say, In half an hour you go brain dead, but that doesn't matter. So three hours. Um, Rasulullah, except for one occasion where Rasulullah spoke for a very long time, and this was right towards the end of his life, where he spoke, he started his speaking in Zohar, and he completed the Salah, and he spoke until Asr, and he completed that Salah, and he spoke until Maghrib. That was the, to my knowledge, the Ejira, that was the only incident where he gave a speech which was that long. Otherwise, the khutbah of Rabbi Sallallahu uh, in our time today would be maybe 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Nothing longer than that. That's it. Very short, very brief, and powerful. Nothing more than that. Take the Khulafah Rashida, 
We don't have any instance of long speeches, you know, of, of hours of uh, speaking and nothing like that. Today we think this is Dava. So what is Dava? What is the Dava of the Abiyam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that uh, the Dawa of the Abiyya in many places of the Quran. And out of the Abiyya, we are concerned with Rasulullah. But if you look at the Abiyya, all the Abiyya that Allah mentioned in the Quran, you will find the same common features with respect to their Dawa methodology. Whether it's Ibrahim, whether it's Nuh, whether it's Musa, Isa, or anyone, uh, the same Dawa methodology. Uh, which Rasulullah practiced. Now, what is that? Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the ayat of Surah Yusuf, where he said, Abu Billah ibn Shaitan al-Radim, Qul hadihi sabili adu ilallah ala basiruti. The methodology of Dawah is what? He says, say to them, this is my way, I invite towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with evidence, with proof, not with emotion. Emotion as part of a speech, if it is coming naturally, if you are saying something, that's a different matter. But emotion as in a preconceived acting out of a part, this is not from Islam. So Allah SWT is saying, this is my way. What is my way? What do you understand about the way of Muhammad is his entire life. His entire life. Because Allah SWT called the life of Muhammad Yaseen wal Quran al Hakim inna kalamin al Musalina ala sirati mustaqim. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala called Muhammad Sallallahu and said, Verily and truly, you are among the Musalim, you are among the among the messengers, and you are on a sirat mustaqim. So the life of Muhammad Sallallahu is the sirat mustaqim. What is sirat mustaqim? Sirat mustaqim is the dua that you are making and I am making for myself in every rakat, in every salah. In Surah Al Fatiha, without which the Salah is not valid, where we say, Indiras, Sirat al Mustaqim. And what is that Sirat al Mustaqim? That Sirat al Mustaqim is the Sirat of Muhammad. So the Sunnah of Rasulullah is the Sirat al Mustaqim. So Allah SWT is saying, Udu ila sabilik. He said, Udu ila no, 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 not that. This is absolutely useful. So, Kul Hadi Sabili, Adu Il Allah. My way, which is the Sunnah, and what do I do? I invite towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how do I invite? Allah Basiruddin. With proof, with evidence. Not just mythology, not stories, not, uh, you know, poetry. Everything never said in poetry. So the first and most important thing for uh, a da'i is to learn, is to read and to acquire knowledge. I'm not saying that every uh, da'i has to be a hadith or a mufti. The more knowledge you have, the better, alhamdulillah. But basic knowledge of what you are speaking is absolutely critical. You don't have to be a hafiz of the Quran, but you should be able to recite the Quran that you recite correctly. Not even talking about uh, the Qarat of Quran or the tune of the recitation. I'm talking about the Tajweed. I'm talking about the correct recitation of whatever ayat you recite. This must be recited correctly and not correct. 
minimum requirements are there. And third thing is that the Dai is somebody who must himself or herself be on the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu completely and totally. Because there is no Dawa without practice. What was the Sabil of Muhammad sallallahu is his Sunnah. Meaning what? His life, how he led his life. The Dawa of the Anbiya <coughs> was a Dawa of practice was not a dawa of argument, was not a dawa of, of, of uh, intellectual debate, it was the dawa of practice. People hear and listen with their eyes. Seeing is believing. So when Rasulullah said Aqimu Salah, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he said Aqimu Salah, what did he do? He himself established some. He did not say, Akhim Musala, you go, Islam Musala, I am the Nabi, I am free from this. No. He has done Islam. You can search the entire Sira and you will not find any incident where Rasulullah deliberately left Salah, where he delayed Salah. The only incident, and these are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, created these incidents to teach the Ummah what, what is to be done in that situation. They were coming back from a Ghazwan. And they were very exhausted. So when they camped in a valley in the night, Rasulullah called Bilal and he said, You stay awake, everybody is very exhausted. They're going to sleep. You stay awake, and as soon as you see the sun, uh, sunrise uh, starting, call the Adhan for Fajr. Bilal said, Okay. He went and uh, sat and he tried to check, but again, he's also exhausted, he's also tired. He went out to sleep. Finally, the sun was high up in the sky. And Nabi woke up with the heat of the sun. The entire everybody was sleeping, fast asleep. So when he got up, he got angry. And he said, Where is Bilal? So they called Bilal of Bilal. Nabi said, What happened to you? He said, Ya Rasulullah, the, the one who put you to sleep put me also to sleep. <laughs> Zaha knew how to speak to the Nabi Because he doesn't want to get the anger of his Rasulullah. So he says, the one who put you to sleep, put you to sleep. I'm also human, I'm exhausted. But he didn't say, he didn't say it like that. He didn't say, I'm, I'm tired, I'm also human. No. Adam. The Adam of the Indian. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, the one who put you to sleep, put you to So Nabi Sallallahu then said, pack up. You move from here. They went some distance from there. And then he said stop, and then they went wudu, and they did the khada of Salatul Fajr in a different place. And they asked him, they said, Ya Rasulullah, why did you not do that? He said, that place is shaitan, because shaitan made me sleep. Yeah. Now if you apply the standard here, you will have to change your house every day. <laughs> because the shaitan is inside the bed. You are sleeping in the lap of shaitan, that's how you, you don't wake up for, for Fajr. So, as I am saying, there is no instance of Rasulullah ever missing a salah. That's a detailed incident. For example, Rabbi Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, while leading salah, Rasulullah could have forgotten something, could have missed something. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala wants to teach us the, uh, the rule of sahu, how to, what you do if you make a mistake. And how, how to teach that by getting the Nabi himself to demonstrate this. So this is one of the incidents. Now, point I am making is that therefore for the Dawah, Knowledge, acquiring knowledge is very critical. Number two is to practice that knowledge. Not just to talk about it. That's not. 
Third and very, very important thing to understand, and this is what I really want to focus on, is that Dava comes from a source. And that source is the love for all humanity. Why do you mean love? Rasulullah was sitting with the Sahaba and a Jananda came past. And Nabi stood up. And he had tears in his eyes. He said, Ya Rasulullah, why are you standing up and why do you have tears in your eyes? That is uh, the Jananda of a, of, a, of a Jewish guy. He's a Catholic. Nabi said, I stand up out of Tazim for the Janan, out of respect to the Janan. And I have tears in my eyes, I am crying because he died without Islam, despite me being here. Right? Why do you want to give Dawa? Ask yourself this question, why do you want to give Dawa at all? What is the reason? And this is very important because this is one of the major problems of so-called modern Dawa. The maksad is not clear. Why do you want to give that? What is the reason? There can be only one reason. And that reason is because you love humanity. And why do I say that? Because the Ambiya came forward. Why did Allah send the Ambiya? To take people from Jahannam and enter them into Jahannam. Every Nabi came only for that reason. Yes or no? If Allah wanted to burn the people, there was no need to send them. There is no need for either. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of doing anything. Why did Allah send them? Any Nabi to take people out from Jahannam into Jannah. The purpose of every Nabi and the purpose of Rasulullah and the purpose of the Vaisat of this Ummah is to take people out of Jahannam into Jannah. If a person is hungry and you give them food, you say this is a very nice man, he is doing charity work. If a person does not have education, you pay for the school, people will praise you. If somebody is sick, you pay for their hospital bill, people will praise you and this is good, they should praise you. So what must you do to somebody? who is doing something which is not only good for the person in this dunya, but is good for that person forever and ever. Not one meal, forever, Jannah. That is the position of the Ambiyan. So, Dava comes out of love for all humanity. Because if you didn't love humanity, why would you give Dava? He says, very good. This guy is not a Muslim. He will burn in the fire. Very nice. I want to see him roast. Oh, seriously, why give them? Let him be there. Let him be right where he is. Why give them? And some more people are, are being misguided and misled. Very nice. Let it happen. Why give them? Because it is not nice. We don't like that. Why? Because we want people to go into Jannah. So, Dava can come out of only one thing, which is love for all humans. And this is what the Ambiya taught. So if you are doing da'ala for anything other than love for all of humanity and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how is the hour the linked? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahman Rahim. Allah is the one who sent the Ambiya so that people will not go into Jahannam and they, so that they will go into Jahannam. 
So the love for people and the desire to take people out of Jahannam into Jannah is the way to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah is pleased with this. So if you say I'm doing da'wah for the presence of Allah, what is the presence of Allah? To take people out of Jahannam into Jannah, which is love for humanity. This is the Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa said, O oh people, I love you and therefore it is my right on you that you should love me. And in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa mentioned about the believers, amanu They love Allah subhanahu wa more than anyone and anything else. And the one who loves Allah subhanahu wa loves the creatures of Allah. And wants the best for the creatures of Allah. And that's what Dawah is. So if you are doing da'wah for anything other than the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only you know this, believe me. Only you know this, it's only, only in your heart, you don't have to convince anybody. But if you are doing da'wah for anything other than the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then your da'wah is between you and your love. Allah knows best. I don't want to pronounce it, but Allah knows best. And what is the proof that you are doing da'wah only for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Two proofs. For yourself. Number one that you do not take money for this work. And number two, that you do not seek fame from this work. Fame may come otherwise. The Ambiya did not go searching for fame. But today, thousands of years later, people take their name with great respect. People give their names to their children and they consider this a, 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 a matter of sa'adat for the children to be called Ibrahim, to be called Ismail, to be called Muhammad, to be called Isa, Musa. Who names this child Karun and Shaddad and Haman eh? and Firaun? Is there you find people naming them? No. This is Midalai Ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said to Mr. Warafa'ana like a dhikr. We will raise your dhikr. But the Ambiya never ran behind this. The Ambiya did not say how many YouTube hits, how many Facebook likes. No. No money and no fame. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witness for this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this issue that Allah said they do not ask you for ajri. In ajriya illa illallah. My ajri is with Allah. They do not ask you for ajri. So if you are doing these two things, if you are taking money for da'wah and if you are looking for fame, then Allah knows whether your da'wah is for the sake of Allah or whether it is for your sake and shaitan is using you in his own ways. Now, how do you give this da'wah with love? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, invite them towards the path of your Rabb. Invite them towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah gave the sequence of this. Bil Hikmah. First and foremost is Hikmah. What is Hikmah? Hikmah is understanding the psychology. Hikmah is understanding how to present what to whom. 
Hikmah is to understand what to say, where and when. Hikmah is to win the hearts because you cannot sell, you can only sell to friends. You cannot sell to enemies. You cannot sell to people who hate your face. So win hearts, make friends, then talk to them. And people will be willing to listen to you. First thing. And then, what kind of oil, what kind of ayahs, what kind of preaching, what kind of uh, speaking? The best form of preaching. What is best? Best in terms of context, best in terms of content, and best in terms of presentation. What will touch the hearts? And remember, not everything touch, touches the hearts of everyone in the same way. So the, 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 the methodology of preaching and the content behind it. Best preaching. And Allah says, if you have to argue with them, you have to argue with them, do that in the best possible way. Best possible way. Now take this and see how Prabhu Sallallahu applied it in his life and to his students. Maad bin Jabal Radhelanu, Rasulullah one of the favorite students of Rasulullah young man from the Ansar, very highly intelligent, happy of the Quran, very learned, one of the scholars of Islam in the life of Rasulullah direct student of Muhammad he was also reputed to be a very handsome man, so great personality and all that. Rasulullah selected him to go to Yemen as the Khadi and the governor as his representative of Muhammad to Yemen. Now the time when Muayyad bin Jawal is being sent to Yemen, Yemen is a Christian country. Not a Muslim country. There were some Muslims, but the country itself was a Christian country. So Rasulullah is now giving him advice about how to give da'wah to Christians. Who are Christians? Mushrikin or Wahidin? Mushrikin. Christians are Mushrikin because they are making it. They are saying Isa is the son of God. Isa is not the son of God. So he is sending Muhammad bin Jabal to give da'wah to the Mushrikun. So what does he tell them? What does he tell? What does the Mishra say to Muhammad bin Jabal? Does he say that you are a scholar? Call their bishops and call their religious scholars to a debate and destroy them on the stage. Own them on the stage. Make them look like fools before their people. And all the people will come and fall into your lap and become Muslim. Is this the advice of Prophet? Did he say this? Did he say go there, take an army, chop off their heads? Because they are Mushrikin. They have to go check. So kill them. Did he say this? Two, three days ago we had this absolutely reprehensible, disgusting, totally degrading, completely stupid, insane incident in Pakistan of this uh, singer, one of the Zabri brothers' uh, children who was killed 
on the road by people who consider themselves to be Muhammadi. And their argument is, he is a mushrik. So we kill him. Which Islam is this? Which Dawah is this? Where is the Dalil for this in the life of Muhammad? Where is the Dalil for this in the life of the Khulafa Rashidin? Omar al-Khattab goes in, he enters Jerusalem as a conqueror, as, as the head of the army. There was no actual conflict because the people who were in charge of Jerusalem who were the Christians, and there were also some Jews, but the Christians were the people who were in charge of Jerusalem, they, they were the rulers. They handed over the keys to Omar al-Khattab so if Muhammad al-Khattab were to apply this warped thinking of some of our people who think that they are on the haq, then what is the first action that he should have done when he entered Jerusalem? He should have put every Christian to the sword. He should have leveled their churches. He should have killed every Jew in Jerusalem. He should have leveled their synagogues. And he should have built massages. Yes, this is what he should have done. What did he actually do? What did Umar al-Khattab who learned his religion directly from Muhammad wasallam? What did he actually do? He gave instructions to say no church, no synagogue is to be touched, is to be disturbed. He said they are to be permitted to carry on their worship without any hindrance. They are to be permitted to ring their bells to call their people to the church without any hindrance. They are to be permitted to repair their buildings if they need to be repaired. So what was he doing? Promoting shirk? So you are better than Muhammad al-Khattab. The bishop, the head of the Christian church in uh, Jerusalem, it was time for Salah al-Dhan. So there was obviously no Muslim there. There were Muslims at the time in Jerusalem. So he invited Muhammad al-Khattab. He said, please come and pray in our church. See, they are telling you, this is one thing with the Christians. And I've seen it in the West time after time after time. The first people to help the Muslim Dawat are who? Christian priests. Christian priests. We forget. Allah punishes those who forget the exam that somebody has done. In America, our brothers in Tamil tell us, they go to the place, dead of winter, there is 5 feet of snow, minus 20, minus 30 temperatures. There is no one in the place. They can't find a hotel or maybe they didn't have enough money. The pastor, the priest in the church sees them, he calls them, he says, who are you? They said, we are Muslims, we have come for uh, to preach Islam, we have come for the work of the Allah. He says, please come. You open this church, just stay here. There is no place to stay, you stay here. Where shall we worship? Worship here. We didn't really see in South Africa in a resort in Middleburg and this resort belonged to a 
Africana who are Protestant, very strong Protestants. So they, when we, when our people went there, they said, uh, we've got some conditions, we, we, we were taking over the whole resort. They said, we, our condition first of all is that the kitchen must be halal. They said, what's the meaning of that? We said that there should be no pork uh, or any non-halal item anywhere in the kitchen. So they said, well, this is our culture, we, we serve pork, we have alcohol and so on uh, in our freezers, so we, 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 we won't cook, obviously we won't go near that, but so our people were, they looked a little hesitant, then these people said, okay, no problem. We will remove those freezers from the kitchen. They removed their entire freezers, they brought two freezers, brand new freezers. So during the duration of the LEC, there was no pork, there was no alcohol anywhere in, on the premises. They removed all of that from there. Then, and this is the crowning glory. We said for our tahajjud and our salah, we need a hall. So they said, we have our chapel, we have our church. They had a chapel, Bakayla, church with a huge big cross. It so happened that the Qibla was in the opposite direction. So the cross would be behind us if you were praying there. So technically there is no problem. We are not marching to the cross, the cross is behind us. The building. You know what they did? They put a curtain over the cloth, over the cross. We said, no problem, we don't have this. No, no, no. On their own, they put a curtain over the cross. And we prayed five days of Tahajjud uh, and Salawat and so on and so forth uh, in that place. And what happened there, I will not tell you. This is between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the people. It is not my purpose to uh, talk about that. But, Alhamdulillah, Rabbulan. First people to welcome. And Allah subhanahu wa mentioned this in the Quran as well. He said, Allah subhanahu wa said, these people, the Christians, and especially their monks, and especially their priests, the Rahman, are people who are soft-hearted. In America, instant after instant, the UK instant after instant, where Christian priests welcome Muslims into their churches, allowed them to worship. Even today it happens. The reason I'm saying this is that this is the beauty of Islam. The love of humanity. Not killing people saying that they are mushrik. Allah is feeling that mushrik. A man came to Ghulam alayhi salam. Ghulam alayhi salam was, he had this habit, he never used to eat alone. He always used to invite somebody. So one day there was no one. So he was out, he was hungry, he wanted to eat and food was there but he was looking to see some guests. This was the, the heart of the Ambiya. So a man came. There was Ibrahim Islam family, said, please come, sit. So as they were going to begin, Ibrahim Islam said, Bismillah, and the man took the name of his God. So Ibrahim Islam got angry. And whatever happened, he just burned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, Ibrahim, what did you do? He said, Ya Allah, I you. Food comes from you, you are giving him food, and he takes the name of some false god that he is worshipping. So I will not feed you. <laughs> Salah said, Ibrahim, you don't feed him, but I feed him every day. He takes the name of that god. But I feed him every day. Karun. made a bhaktan on Musa alayhi salam. 
accused, he, he paid a woman to accuse Musa falsely of doing haram. And this was in public. So, big gathering and so on. And this woman made the accusation. And as I said in the morning, you, you can prove you did something, but you can't prove you did not do something. So, woman, the woman makes an accusation. Musa made dua and said, Ya Allah, save me and save my reputation. You know the heart. And Allah subhanahu wa put in the heart of this woman and this woman made dua. And she said, I'm sorry, I was paid to make this accusation. Musa is innocent. He is not heard anything. And she apologized. So Musa said, who paid? She said, Karun. So Musa said, Ya Allah, give Karun in my control. Give me a oil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you have Qudrat over me. Eh? So Musa salam ordered the earth. And he said, swallow this man. And Karun sank in the earth up to his ankles. Now Karun knows he is in serious trouble. So he said, Musa, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Musa salam said, sink. He went down up to his knees. He said, Musa, please save me. Please save me. Please forgive me. Musa said, swallow him. He went up to his waist. He was very angry. You are accusing a Nabi of doing harm in public. He had a right to be angry. So Harun is begging him, please save me. Please save me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Musa said, sink. Harun went up to the earth. Only his head is seen, visible. Still begging, Ya Musa, Ya Musa. Musa said, sink. And the earth grows over us. And then, the Rabba Musa spoke to Musa. And Allah SWT said, Ya Musa, He begged you, Again and again to save him. He asked forgiveness from you again and again. But you did not save him. You did not forgive him. He said, Ya Musa, if he had asked me once, I would have taken away the control from you. And I would have saved him. He did not call me. He kept on calling you. But if he had called me only once, then, I would have saved you. <coughs> Simple. The enemy of Allah. The enemy of Allah of the land of Karu. His Rab says, once if he had caught me, I would have saved you. I would not have allowed you to do this. I would have taken away the control from you. There is a drought. No rain. Great suffering, Musa takes the whole people out to make Salat al-Istisqar and he's making dua, Ya Allah, send rain, Ya Allah, send rain, Ya Allah, so much of suffering, people are suffering, Ya Allah, send rain. Allah says, Musa, there is one man in this whole lot of your people who is a rebellious man, he is a fasid and fasid, he is, continues to commit sin after sin, he never makes tawbah, and I am you. So I have withheld the rain 
from everyone because of that man. So, carve him out, throw him out from this gathering and I will give you it. That is simple. So you made an announcement. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that rain has been stopped because of one of you who is like this. So whoever it is, stand up and get out of here. Leave this place. Because everyone can't suffer for one person. So leave this place and Allah will send rain. Nothing happens. Nobody gets it. Musa is saying again and again, get up, get up, who is it? Who is it? Get up. Nothing happens. Suddenly rain comes. Heavy rain. Abu Salih Salam is surprised. He said, ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this man is there and unless he leaves, I will not send rain. And suddenly the man has no idea left and then Abu Salih Salam said, Ya Allah, what is this situation? What happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Musa, when you called him, the man made the the man said to me, Allah, now I will be humiliated and insulted before everybody. He said, Ya Allah, you covered my sins. Nobody knew my sins. Only you knew my sins. You covered my sins. Ya Allah, forgive me. So I forgive you. So I forgive you. And this relationship of the Abd and the Rabbana. When I read the progress, when I look at the story of Musa, Rabbi Ibrahim, this dialogue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so beautiful, so beautiful. Usai Salaam said, Ya Allah, tell me, who is it? Human being, curiosity, no? He said, Ya Allah, tell me, who is it? Allah said, Ya Musa, when he was disobeying me, I did not reveal him to anyone. When he was disobeying me, I covered him. Now we have made Tawai with the capital. And this is the mercy of Allah. This is the Rahmah of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you are doing da'wah, remember this Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If your da'wah has no Rahmah, it's not da'wah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending Musa to the ground. Allah knows that the Muqaddar of Firaun that the Muqaddar of Firaun is never to accept Islam. The Qadr of Firaun which Allah has is that he will continue to oppose the Nabi and he will die in that state of opposition and that he will go into Jahannam. Allah has written this call. Allah knows this. But what are the learning of Musa? Kulu Gawdan Ayyidan Talk to him soft. Go and talk to him. Maybe he will get hidayah. Where is the baby? Allah knows what Allah is doing for him. Where is the baby? Allah is not doing this for Firaun. Allah is doing this to teach Musa how to do that. Because this is the first time. Musa has been given the whole. And he is a Firaun. He is not. Firaun is the first one that Musa is giving the to. He go to Firaun. So, Darwin of Musa alayhi salam, with respect to Dawah, Allah subhanahu is saying, speak to him softly. And why is Allah saying that? Because this is the words of them. So, even with the words of them, if I have been advised to speak to him softly and kindly and nicely, what about the rest? Abhi Muawiyah, 
रामदुलारे he had this habit any alim ke or any person came like that he used to ask him did you give us here did you give us here so somebody came and he said to him did you give us here so this person all all what was in his heart but he maybe he wanted to show what a great guy uh, he is or how strong he is so he started firing this is amir mubrin he is amir of the of the india khalifa so in the whole report and all his people are there this man fighting this that that so what i think of bagad alano was a very very patient man extremely patient highly diplomatic so he said to listen when the man finished you have to finish some time he finished when he finished bagad alano decided in the sagar sasa he got on the kathi of the quran he decided this i and he said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told musa to speak to pharaoh softly he said you are not better than musa and i am not worse than pharaoh see the hikmat of the sahaba even then he didn't call that man a pharaoh if you look at the example now he's giving his own example as he's not saying i am pharaoh but he's saying i is the king so he said you are not better than musa and i am not worse than pharaoh So if Allah gave this hukum to Musa alayhi salam to speak softly to Firaun, what must you do with me? You are a Muslim, a Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa taala mentioned in the Quran to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is the muhabbat of Allah subhanahu wa taala. How he mentioned this? When Allah subhanahu wa taala said, "What is that? Lintalo." Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said that it is a good thing that your heart is soft and you speak softly to them because if your heart was hard and you spoke roughly and toughly to them they would all leave you who gave Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam this heart who gave Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam this stand but Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is mentioning these things and highlighting them so that we understand There is not one single instance in the life of Mr. Salam where Rasool Salam Salam called somebody for debate and humiliated them in public. He definitely presented Islam. He definitely presented uh, a point of view which, obviously, if you are speaking to a person who is a Muslim, it will be the opposite of whatever they are believing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way. I'm talking about publicly humiliating somebody. I'm talking about violent, violent way of violence or attacking somebody. This is not for Islam. So now, I will tell you the story of Muhammad bin Jabal Rabi'ah. So Muhammad bin Jabal Rabi'ah, that's where we came to the Christian as well. So Muhammad bin Jabal Rabi'ah is being sent to Yemen. What is the advice that the Prophet gives him? I told you, I told you what he didn't tell him, right? He didn't tell him. What did he actually say? He said, "You are going to a country of the people of the book." He did not say, "We are to a country where people have distorted the book." We are going to a country where people are not following their own book. He didn't say, "We are to a country where people have who used to be Muslim are now Muslim." All of which would have been correct statements, but he didn't say that. He said, "You are going to a country of the people of the book." He said, "Invite them to La ilaha illallah." 
invite them. He didn't say argue with them, he didn't say fight them, he, didn't, he said invite them to La ilaha illallah. Listen carefully, he said invite them to La ilaha illallah. If they accept, he didn't say force them to accept. <coughs> if they accept, then teach them Salah. Because what is Salah? Salah is the physical manifestation of La ilaha illallah which is in the heart. Invite them to La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. If they accept that, if they accept that, invite them to Salah. And he said, if they start praying, then take them, tell them to pay zakat and take the zakat from their wealthy and give it to their poor. Did he say take the zakat from their wealthy and send it to Badira? Take the zakat from their wealthy and you use it for your own life. He said, take zakat from their wealthy and give it to their poor. See the beauty of this advice. And see the hikmat of this advice. And see the political sagacity and wisdom of this advice. What is the beauty? The beauty is Nobody can get angry with you if you are inviting. You are not arguing. You are inviting. And how inviting? Jadilum billati In the best way. You go make friends with them. Here is Master The man is a handsome person. He has a beautiful smile on his face. He has got a brilliant personality. He is a great communicator. He is a very likable human being. He comes from a foreign country. The Arabs are known for their hospitality. And among the Arabs, the best of them are the Yemenis. And Nabi said this. He said, these are the most softest and the people with the most beautiful heart. So what will they do to a, to a stranger who comes to them? They welcome him. Here is a stranger, they are welcoming him. That is their nature. That is their culture. Muslim, not Muslim, doesn't matter. That is their culture. Make friends with him. Then he is inviting them, La ilaha illallah. What did Yusuf Ali Salaam do in, in, in the Sijin, in, in the prison? The two, the, two, the two people who came. Yes, I by Sijin. How is he talking to them? My brothers, my companions in the prison. He didn't say, Yeah, Mushrikun. Because they were Muslim. He didn't say, You are No. My brothers, my companions in this prison. And how does he tell them? He said, is it better to have so many gods or is it better to have one Rab who is Allah? This is invitation. He is not saying all the worshipping all these gods, what's wrong with you? Your brain is full of mud, you've got no sense. How can you worship a stone? Rahavana Bhutana Thu. He's saying all this. No. He's not insulting their God. He's not telling them they are stupid. He's not. He's saying which is better. Appealing to logic. Appealing to understanding. So, Mahatmijaman is going there. Makes friends. And then he says, manifestation. Alright, so now you tell me I should not worship all this. I have accepted La ilaha illallah. Who should I worship? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How should I worship? This is the way. So, a psychological need. You created a vacuum because you took away something. You want to put something in that place. What is that? What do you plug in there? You plug in the heat. 
It's a human being. A human being will worship something. The atheist worships his own desire. Somebody worships communism, somebody worships capitalism, somebody worships some otherism. This is the human desire. There is no such thing as a person who does not worship anything. This is not, this is not, not possible. An atheist denies God, the concept of God. But he is subjecting himself to his own nafs. Ilahu Hava. His Ilahi is Hava, is his desire. So now these are people who are worshipping Isa alayhi salam and the mother of Isa alayhi salam. They will tell them, no, this is not correct. <coughs> they accept, yes, la ilaha illallah, we accept. So who should we worship? Here is the way. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how? This is the way. So psychologically, you, something you took away, a vacuum is created, you plug it back in again, the man is over. Then, in a society, who are more and who are less? The rich or the poor, any society. Muslim, not Muslim, anything. Any society, the poor are more, the rich will be few. Today we seem to have come to an extreme form of this. An extreme form of this. Where 65 people, 65 individuals own 80% of the assets of the world. That's one password. Extreme forms. So, so also in Yemen, wealthy are few, poor are many. Number one. Number two, invariably, except where the wealthy are subject to a moral code, most wealthy are not subject to any moral code. People with wealth think that wealth frees them from all rules. So today we have a situation where somebody singing a kawali, a man singing a kawali is murdered and a lot of Muslims feel, yeah, that was the right thing to do because he was a mushrik. What do you then say to other Muslims who consider themselves to be non-mushrik, who consider themselves to be religious, who pray five times a day, but who call a female Muslim singer, say a female singer of uh, these songs, same kind of songs, and deliberately not using the term Sufi, because the term Sufi is a much abused term. The actual Sufi is a Muahidim. It's a term that has been abused, and so I'm not using that term, but I'm saying the same people singing those Kawalis. What do you say about the so called Muslims who consider themselves religious, who have a party? who invite a female singer, who pay her a lot of money and then she is singing and they are sitting there and they are taking great pleasure from this and they are saying, wow, 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 extending the hand as if you go to catch the hand of the woman and take her away. <laughs> you point a finger at the one who is singing, maybe the one who is singing is doing it out of need. Maybe he has got nothing else to do, maybe that's his way of making money. Maybe while he is singing, he is making tawa inside, how do you go into his heart to see why he is a Muslim or not a Muslim? All you heard is a song. So if you, see, if you sing the song, you go and kill him. What do you say to those people who have the money, Muslims, who are who Allah gave the money? He gave the money for this. You take the money, you invite a singer who is singing all these songs, female singer. So first of all, the issue of, uh, of music which is uh, 
permitted or prohibited the, the issue of uh, sing, listening to a woman, uh, singing on a stage, and you are giving money and so on and so forth, and you are enjoying it. What do you say to that? Islam is not for making nafis on others. Islam is for making nafis on yourself. You've got no shame. You've got absolutely no shame. And we consider this to be an honor to be invited to a party like this. And we like to go there and sit there and wear nice, wear nice clothes. And you, like, and you like to be photographed and, and videoed in that. All of those photographs and videos you will see on the Day of Judgment. If you do not make tawbah before you die. This is what the wealthy do. In any society, this is what the wealthy do. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in a society when the wealthy start disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala openly, they are warned. And when they continue to do that, which is they ignore the warnings, then what does Allah do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we open on them the doors of the heavens. Abbaabu Samar are opened on them. They will get more wealth. See the ayat of Surah Al-Quran. They will get more wealth. They will get more power. They will get more authority. So that they can disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even more. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and then when they are in the middle of this disobedience, and they are completely at that time in despair. They are not even given the time to make tawbah. They are grabbed in the middle of that. You drop dead on your dance floor. You sit and listen to that to that song, paying that woman to come and sing, and as you say, Wah, I go roof will go with it. <laughs> you think it won't happen? Do it and see. My Rock has the ability to make it happen. I am not saying this. Go look up the hand of Sultan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it. You don't like it, go talk to him. In the middle of their rebelling, in the middle of their rejoicing, Allah said, we grab them, they will be broken in spirit. Not even that without. Allah gave you wealth, so you buy resources. Allah gave you wealth, so you join haram clubs. Allah gave you wealth, so you spend it on this. So what happens? Punishment does not come. Punishment does not come. Somebody came and asked Mr. Shafi this question, Ramadulali. He said, you say that if you do good, you get good. If you do evil, you get evil. But we are seeing the opposite. We are seeing people who are doing evil openly and nothing happens to them. Mr. Shafi decided his eyes and he said, this is proof that the azab of Allah has already started on those people. Allah has already started on those people. So this is the quality of rich. So now what is the advice Rasulullah is giving to Muhammad He is saying, when these rich people see the light, when they are guided, when they come to Islam, take money from them and give it to the poor people. Who are the poor people? These rich were oppressing, the, oppressing those poor people. These rich people were oppressing those poor people. The driver of your car who drives you to, to the party where you are listening to the singer knows that you are paying that singer 500 lakh, 500,000 rupees, half a million rupees. And the driver is getting a salary of 10,000 rupees. He's trying to make ends meet and he's trying to feed his whole family. 
and you know that my boss just gave five lakhs for two singles. So now when the boss gets some sense in his brain and he becomes a Muslim, so now he takes this zakat and the Vishal said, don't, don't send it to Madinah, give it to these people. Give it to the same people who are being oppressed by the rich directly or indirectly. It is oppression, believe me. You can't say, well, I did not oppress anybody because of your lifestyle. People are getting oppressed. If you share that wealth, today there is enough money in this world for the rich to still have a very, very high quality lifestyle. At the same time, for there not to be a single poor person in the world. There is enough money. The rich don't have to become poor for this. The rich can still maintain a very good lifestyle. You will still have your Mercedes and you will still have your Bentleys. But there will not be a single poor person in the world. Economically, it makes sense. A strong economy is not comprised of a widely divergent population in terms of wealth. A strong economy is comprised of people who are uniformly wealthy because these people have uh, surplus to spend. That is what fuels the economy. Poverty is bad for the economy. Poverty is a drain on the economy. Poverty is not good for the economy. It's very bad for the economy. I'm not even talking religion, I'm saying business. Poverty is the worst thing that can happen to a country. It's a, it's a wide gap between the haves and the have-nots, between the wide gap between the rich and the poor. It's the worst thing that can happen to a country. But our people have no brains. The business schools teach them rubbish. The way to grow an economy is to get rid of poverty. That's what Muhammad Sallallahu is teaching 1400 years ago. Get rid of poverty. Take the money from their rich, give it to their poor. The political sagacity of this, think about this. Here are the, here are the poor people. You come and say, I like anything, how does it matter to me? What does it matter? Like the Allah or something. But suddenly now he sees that I was poor, I had nothing to eat. Here was this man, he was very wealthy. He never gave me a piece of bread. Now suddenly this man is now giving his money to me. Why did that happen? Why became Muslim? So this is great. Wow. This is a fantastic religion. Why? Because it put food in my belly. The way to the heart is through the stomach. For the poor man, his religion is poverty. There is no religion in the poor. Their religion is hunger. Their religion is to see their children die before their eyes. So what is Islam doing? Islam is saying, no, you will not be hungry. You will not be hungry. You will not need to see your children die before your eyes because Islam will enforce the sharing of wealth. So Islam is telling take from their rich and give it to their poor. What was the result of this? The whole country of women became Muslim. They became some of the best Muslims that the world has ever seen until today. This is the meaning of Dawa. Dawa is to continue to work for the love of people in the day and to stand and cry before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the love of those same people in the night. This is what the Abiyah did. They would go and make Dawa. They would be rejected, they would be pushed away, and so on and so forth. Some would accept, most would not accept, and they would come and make dua in the night and cry before Allah. Ya Allah, I have done what I could do. Ya Allah, you are my witness. Ya Allah, change their hearts because the hearts of people are in your hands. Cry before Allah. This is the meaning of that. 
Dawa comes out of love. Anybody tells you enforce something, please understand. Force produces only one result, and that result is hatred. Force has no other result. Force produces only one result, and that result is hatred. Today, unfortunately, we even teach the brand is force. The high-tech electronic tool in the hands of every Hevz Ustad is what? The stick. Beat the Quran into the student. Ayat by ayat. That's why they learn the Quran without understanding. They recite the Quran without understanding. And instead of loving the Quran, they hate the whole methodology. They run away. You cannot force people to believe anything. Whether it is Islam, whether it is which football club to support, whether it is which cricket team to support, whether it is which political party to support, nothing but nothing can be forced. The changing of the heart is a matter of love, is a matter of reasoning, is a matter of logic, it's a matter of relationship. People came to Islam because they fell in love with Muhammad sallallahu if Rasulullah had said there are 300 gods, people would have said, yes, that is right. They did not believe in Allah because they saw Allah. They didn't see Allah. They saw Muhammad They believed in Jannah not because Allah told them Jannah or Allah showed them Jannah. They believed in Jannah because Muhammad told them there is Jannah. And they believed that to the extent that they even gave their life for that belief. What was that akhlaq of Muhammad What was that kitar of Muhammad What was that beauty of the presentation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa I want to end with this and say that please understand this. Please understand this. Do not fall into this trap of this force and so on and beating and lashing and punishment. It does not work. Read my lips. It does not work. Doesn't work on your own children. Try it and see your children will learn from you. It does not work whether you are a father or a mother. It does not work whether you are an employer. It does not work whether you are a head of state. Somebody asked me, if you are the head of an Islamic state, how would you enforce Salah? I said, I would not enforce Salah. You don't want to make me Khalifa, no problem. I said, I will not enforce Salah. I said, what? You are the Khalifa of the Muslimin, you will not enforce Salah. I said, I will not enforce Salah. What will you do? I said, I will do what Muhammad Sallallahu did. He was head of state. Did he enforce Salah? Did he have shurta in the, in the community with the lashes that they whacked up before they go to? No. How did he, how did he ensure that even the Muratatik prayed? Out of love. Out of the beauty of Salah. Out of presenting Salah. Out of showing them the value of Salah and the benefit of Salah. Of convincing people. That's what I would do. I would not enforce it. I would not enforce anything. Because that's not how it happens. You cannot force, you can force somebody. One friend of mine tells me, one British guy. He said, I, uh, he was going from Jindah to Dubai. So he said, I got into the plane in Jindah and uh, for some reason there was a whole lot of women in the, in the plane. So he said, everyone in Niqab and, and black burqas and so on and so forth. I, I live in Saudi, I know this. 
So he said, I, I sat there. And he said, I will flight. I didn't want to eat anything and so on. Business class, he said, I went to sleep. And he said, when I woke up, I thought I would jump. He said, what? He said, what? He was surrounded with beautiful women. He said, where did they come from? I said, maybe they came from the windows in the plane. You know, they were flying. Yeah. <laughs> as, they, as they come out of Saudi airspace, when they are now land in, in Dubai, all the burqas and the niqab and everything has gone into the handbag. Okay. Yeah, Allah is only in Jindah. Out of the Nikat, no Allah. Force does not produce results. Please understand this. Force does not produce results. And Alhamdulillah, we have our sisters, may Allah bless them, in Saudi, in Dubai, in America, and wherever. They are being targeted because of the hijab. There are people who hate Islam, Islamophobes, who are targeting the Muslim woman today is the symbol of Islam, Allah I am telling you. Most Muslim men, you see them, you don't even know the man is a Muslim or not. But the women, mashallah, they are the symbol of Islam. May Allah protect them, may Allah give them strength, may Allah, may Allah use them on the day of judgment. And pray that Allah does not use your women as hujjat against you on the day of judgment. They are being targeted because they are wearing hijab, but they will not remove that. They know people are targeting them, they know people are, are attacking them because they will not remove them. Where is that? That's coming from the heart. Because they are convinced my Rabb is my, my, my protector. I don't need protectors. Allah is enough for me. Hasbi Allah, la ilaha illa hu alayhi tawakkaltu wa warabu rashtari. Hearts have to change. Dawah is to continue to do the work to invite towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with beautiful akhlaq, with a lot of love, with a lot of patience, taking a lot of, you know what, from people, and then standing in the night and crying before Allah and say, Ya Allah, help me, Ya Allah, help me, Ya Allah. And not get worried about the numbers. Don't say, I spoke to so many people, nobody listens. How many people listen to Nuhari Salaam? For how long? 950 years of Dawa. Not even 100 people accepted. Not a numbers game. Not a numbers game. Even if nobody accepts your Dawa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise you, inshallah, with the Anbiya of Bani Israel because you are doing the work of the Dawah of Islam, inshallah. Allah will give you the shade of Ash. Allah will give you, will, will seat you on thrones of pearls. Even if nobody accepts. Allah is not counting numbers. Allah is looking at your action. Nobody wants numbers. How many people came to find like this? No, no problem. Let nobody come. Let nobody do it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hello. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we'll be very well. He was happy to be in the last week of Mahimi. Robana the Rotan Susana will look up to the Nauta and the Rotan of the Pasiri. Robana and Hina to the Asa of the Hilan, the Nasa of the Hilan, the Rotan. Robana, the Filana, the Rotan, the Filana, the Yatina. Allah, وصلى الله على نبينا الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إلى